One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I tumble from my ambridge bed and stumble to the kitchen. I pour myself a good old cup of Borsetshire ambition. I yawn a little and stretch a little and try to come to life. And it turns out I'm the only one here working nine to five. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lucy. Happy birthday to you. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Brexit Midlands. <laughs> I'm the Dawn Tribute, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the yurt full of randy hippies, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our summer solstice, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum isn't a Dumpty Dum. It is Freya who made a super clever version of Lucy's karaoke favourite, 9 to 5. So, well done, Freya. Uh... Juicy Loose, mm-hmm. can you remind our listeners how that win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or give us a plot prediction, then ring us on 0203 031 3105 or leave a message on SpeakPipe. But, you know, if you do ring us or leave us a message, something will happen as a consequence of that. And you can't kind of take it back afterwards. <laughs> it's sort of like a vote. <sighs> anyway. Uh, thanks, lovely Shambridges, for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek, who was a bit baffled as he voted out, then changed his mind to in, then was surprised when we went out, so he signed the petition to be in. He's knocked on doors asking people to sign in, but they were all out, so he went back in again and did the hokey cokey. <laughs> and a thank you from a and thank you for, uh, for to a loyal fan, whoever a loyal fan is who uh, chose to remain anonymous, but sang happy birthday to me very, very beautifully on SpeakPipe. So thank you. And thank you ever so much to everybody who's uh, tweeted and sent messages and things to say happy birthday. I'm having a lovely birthday. My birthday seemed to have started in the middle of last week and seems to be carrying on till the middle of this week, which is rather splendiferous. So, uh, yes, ending with uh, ending with lunch with Shambridges, whose birthday it also was yesterday. Um uh, it, uh, on Friday and then that is the end of the birthday festivities but thank you very very much I'm having a very nice time happy birthday to you <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday dear Lucy happy birthday to you thank you 
On this week's episode, we have calls from Gemma, who's worried about Phoebe's results, Geeta, who gives a shout-out, Mid-Miss City, who wonders how Ambridge will Brexit, Andrew Horn, who thinks Pip and Josh are the new, David and Kenton, Steve, who's confused, and Witherspoon, who thinks dum dum is its own European Union. But first, before we hear all about that stuff, let's take in Lucy V. Freeman's birthday week in Ambridge. It's been a sad and emotional week this week in which the community was divided and a great many people felt disappointed and let down. But enough about the cricket tees. Seriously, (laughs) this week was momentous for all of us. It was the first time anyone had told Jill to sod off, stop interfering and mind her own bloody business. It was Carol Toboggan and she caved about five minutes later. But, you know, still small victories. Uh, Giddy Jack met Auntie Pat for the first time. They thought he definitely had an archer's look about him takes after his mother waving that knife around and upsetting custard all over the place we learnt a great deal about maturity and professionalism from Anna Toboggan I know I'll move into the village which is peopled almost entirely by those I'm either going to be prosecuting or defending within the next fortnight but I'm sure that's fine I'm sure loads of solicitors do that Anyway, Anna, driven to distraction by her elderly and infirm mother, who just last week was leaping around the village like a gazelle, gardening, cooking, picking fruit, has decided to move in with Carol, and it's not going well. Your internet connection is pathetic. I hate everyone. Stupid village. Oh, hang on, I've just remembered I'm a 35-year-old barrister. Another Mm -hmm. tantrum from Rexit. He is moaning about Toby packing extra chickens into the egg mobile until the poor buggers are all standing on each other's shoulders. Bewilderingly, Toby said he didn't produce his eggs in a vacuum. You make eggs out of chickens, not out of vacuums. They'd be all dusty and they'd break getting sucked up the tube. Mm. Pip showed her archer credentials by inviting two people to someone else's party. So Rexit and Tobes showed up in their party gear and the (laughs) 1980s by the sound of it. Pip did her best drunk acting, which just means her inflections swoop all over the place like concussed swallows even more than normal and banged on once again to Rexit about what a lovely friendy Wendy he was until he went home in tears again. Kate was very cross because people were disrespecting the solstice by having a fertile in the yurts. A yurt! <laughs> Millions of them turned up with dogs on bits of string so Phoebe <laughs> used her special wobbly voice Oh dad it's mum it's a nightmare and moved into Roy's along with Kirsty, Daryl, Shergar, Lord Lucan and Kathy Perks. In the meantime, in a terrible Uh porn film, Roy turned up unexpectedly at Kate's house and fixed her dishwasher. But instead of flinging her onto the sofa afterwards, he gave her caterers a seeing to instead. Things picked up a bit when Kate offered him a head massage in a yurt, but after a momentary flicker of excitement, Roy realised it would be an actual massage on his head from a middle-aged woman called Sapphire with hairy ankles, disturbing his dandruff and telling him that his chakras were out of whack. Meanwhile, on prisoner cell block H... Helen had her hair cut by Big Lynette on D-Wing with a shiv made out of a Gillette Venus safety razor and an emery board. <laughs> Kaz said she looked lovely and really hot or blimey in it. Henry pointed out that Grandma Arsula cooks much nicer than Granny Pat. I mean, Henry might be an annoying sound effect, but he has got a point. Pat has suddenly woken up. Hoorah! From the beatific <laughs> trance she's been in for the last two years and is now blaming Rob for everything from the Cod Wars to Brexit. And Ed is having his own herd of pedigree somethings i couldn't hear tetris it sounded like a herd of little blocks running around a field beeping he was very excited about it which means it's all going to be a sodding disaster which we can only look forward to the end oh 
Well, um, you were good this week, Lucy, but uh, the rest of you Brits have been terrible. Well, 52% of you. They've let the school down. They've let themselves down. And nobody is having tuck or afternoon break for the next year. (laughs) (sighs) Well... I know that Andrew Horn specifically on the Twitter says, can we have... No more, no Brexit. Yeah, Um, well, to be fair, he said minimise it. Yeah, yeah, like we (laughs) minimise. We did have a request from, who was it? Emily Thomas. Yes. Said she doesn't want um, Brexit, thank you. She would like puppies, cake, sunsets, love, and why there are no goats in Ambridge. Mm. Yeah. I thought, I remember Linda having goats. I'm sure she did. And I'm sure that the Grundies did at one stage because I remember them eating things off a washing line. Eating somebody's goat at Joe's Long John's. I'm sure. Mm. But I'm so old now, Emily Thomas probably wasn't even born when that happened. Mm. 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 I'm still stunned, Luce. What, about the old Brexit? Yeah. Well, it's all I... right, because apparently if you have democracy and you finish it and it goes wrong, you can have it again. That's what people have been saying. We'll just do it again until we get it right. It's fine. Well, the Irish did that with the Lisbon vote about 15 years ago. There you go, then. We'll just do it again until we get it right. Mm. Anyway, I think we should discuss other th- other. Th- other topics because i'm of the i'm I'm supremely aware supremely aware i'm aware that um maybe 52 percent of the listeners voted to leave no not our listeners i think you might be surprised loose oh dear don't tell me that i don't want to know my mum voted to leave we had (gasps) we had words lucy oh dear we had severe words of the most severest uh kind Severity. Uh, well, yes. Uh, can, and yeah. And she said it's all about the future. And I didn't want to say <laughs> to her, well, bless you, mum, but your, your days are numbered. I've more of it than you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you do know that um, you came to this country as an immigrant. Mm. And she said, I'm British. And I says, I know you are. But there's a whole load of people who voted leave that do not see you as being British, as British as you think that you are. Yep. Mm. Irony wasn't lost on on me, but was completely lost on her. Yeah. She talked about new people coming in and lack of... I just... I I nearly had to put the phone down. And I I do love you, Mum, but you're so... Excuse the French, fucking wrong. Anyway, let's talk (laughs) about the archers. (laughs) Yes. Which reminds me, what happened to that lovely Polish woman, Daryl's missus? I know, she's gone. Yep. What, yep. Where is she in Gdansk now, or Warsaw? Yep, yep. Run she's out of sick. the country. There's probably graffiti on her cottage. She's sitting on a packing case, looking out across the docks at Liverpool, wondering where she's going to go now. Mm. Hi, <laughs> hi. Well, uh, right, the arches. I did like the way that, mm. you know when they put in the hurriedly written... Oh my God, we're leaving. Uh, scene. Yeah, with David with Ruth, and Ruth. When, when she yeah. sort of went, well, I think Adam's got a point. Um, I 
I thought, I bet, because you know that they re- they record two versions. They record the, mm. ha, well, never thought we were going version. And then they recorded the, well, we're going version. Mm. Um, you could tell how half hard. You could tell, I bet the other version was slightly better acted than that one. You could tell it was kind of a bit rushed through. And then because they obviously must have thought, well, we won't be needing this one. It's fine. <laughs> so they kind of hurtled through it. And then it was like, no, we need that one. Oh, no, not the shit one. <laughs> well, Ugh. you almost, you, we have to applaud and commend them for shoehorning that in. And we you, and I know we talked about the fact that um, they've done this on the odd football resort and obviously when Princess Diana died. But yeah. when there are things which are so momentous and you know that this would absolutely arrest any other conversation then people would absolutely yeah. discuss it to the nth degree, you almost feel like you might as well just not bother. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there is absolutely no way that a couple of farmers would just yeah. mention it in passing. Yeah. Who... Yeah, I mean, I have been surprised at how many farmers voted leave considering how they all relied on EU subsidy. But they're a bit like Cornwall, aren't they? Or they're just going <laughs> to think, said, well, oh, can well... We, can we keep that, though? Can't yeah, we? you know. Oh, oh, oh you know. You, no one had said that. Mm. But, hey, right. Um, so, have we discussed enough about the archers? Can we go back purely on to Brexit now? <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm sick of talking about it. I'm absolutely sick of it. I tell you what, sick, the sick, amount, the amount sick. of the amount of Americans that have turned to me and said, "I thought you guys were sensible and mature." No, and I well, just... we've now, we've now, we've now lost. You know, they are now officially thicker than us. Until they vote in Trump, they're thicker than us. That's quite depressing. You know, we're thicker than them. You mean? I mean, we're thicker than them. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's, I'm just showing how thick I am, see? <laughs> just right. demonstrate that for you. <laughs> Why don't we, Juicy Loose, hit those yeah. phone lines and see what other people have got to say about the last week in the world and in Archer's Land in particular. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Gemma is first. Hello, this is Gemma, first time caller in era. I live in London, I'm 16 years old, and I've been listening to The Archers on and off since the episode of Nigel's death and Henry's birth. I'm calling in because I've just taken my AS levels, and so I'm absolutely fuming at Kate's treatment of Phoebe. I would have moved out long before Phoebe did. When she had the raucous party the night before the exam, Kate took over, albeit temporarily, from Rob as my least favourite character. I'm extremely worried about Phoebe's results now, and I'm also very concerned about Josh's exams, although he clearly doesn't share my concerns. Anyhow, goodbye. Gemma, I do hope your exams uh, are have either been going, are going, or will go well. Um, I, too, am furious at Kate's treatment of Phoebe. She is just outrageously... Well, we all know she's just outrageously self-centred, and the fact that she didn't even say... How did it go? You know, nothing. Um, Phoebe is slightly hysterical. So you'd think that kind of would have made her mother think, oh, dear, (laughs) something up there, surely. Um, But yeah, Josh seems supremely not bothered by him, but that's because he's not bothered by his exams. But I guess that's because he thinks he's going to be some sort of chicken supremo. Um, But yeah, and I do hope, Gemma, I'm sure you're you're not having to suffer people holding summer solstice parties on your front lawn. Um, 
But yeah, Kate's just an ass. She really is. There, just, there seems to be, I think Witherspoon says this as well, there seems to be this kind of, um, this this whole wedge of really, really immature adults in Ambridge at the minute. Like Lillian's always a little bit kind of in denial about about being a grown-up. Um, and so is Kate. And so is Toby. And there's just, there's like, there's Mr. and Mrs. Sensible. And then there's Mr. and Mrs. Massively Immature. And the cast is kind of divided. All the characters are sort of divided between mature and like Clary's a grown up, Eddie's a child, you know, it's sort of. What do you think the the percentage is of mature characters over immature? Do you think it's 52, 48? <laughs> I don't think even anyone on the arches is immature enough to vote leave. Well, no, but, well, it depends. Are you talking about the, the actors behind the characters or are you talking about the characters? But no, anyway. Characters, characters. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, Gemma, thank you very much for ringing in. And um, I hope that your exams go very well. She does sound like one very mature and sensible young lady, this old Gemma. Yes, and I liked the way at the end of the call she just went, anyway, I'm off now. Bye. And just, 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 just bye. <laughs> oh, That's very teenage, Sue. So. I'm out now. Bye. Who's next? Now we have uh, Gita. Ooh, Miss Alliance. Good morning, Dumpty Dummers. It's Miss Alliance here. From Beckenham. Before I start, I'd just like to shout out to my ex-neighbour Janet in Seattle. Hello Janet, from Small Round Geeta. It's good to hear from you. The great thing about being there in Seattle, I'm sure, is that you no longer have to cross the street to avoid me. So, hey! Now, this morning, I'm not in the Albion. There's been nothing boiling away down there. For a little while, I can assure you. Instead, things have been coming together nicely in my ensuite shower. I had this thought a few minutes ago. It occurs to me that there was a point to last year ele- last year's elections, Ed Stone, which is currently languishing in some garage in South London. I'm sure it's not Camberwell because that would be about a half a million pounds for a garage like that. It's probably Peckham or somewhere. Anyway. The whole point of the Ed Stone, in my view, is to get was to get Linda to emulate it for her Resurgam garden. And the whole point of that was to get Anna Toboggan to move into Ambridge so that she could do some asking around and finding out about the evil, evil Tichinov, who is job done. Everything is connected. Who has, I think, gone entirely mad. Um, I don't know whether it's the stress of, of Brexit or what, but, and rather sadly, she said, there's nothing boiling away down there now. I'm very sorry, Keita. <laughs> Sounds a bit depressing. There's nothing, nothing boiling away down there now. Um, so she thinks that the Edstone needs to, was, was sort of, was the inspiration for Linda's Resurgam garden. Mm. I don't think the Edstone, the Edstone wasn't inspirational enough for anything, was it, really? Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Geeta also seems to be having problems with a neighbour. Um, and I'm not quite sure why, why that bit in the call either. But anyway, you know, stress takes us all in different ways. So there <laughs> we go. <sighs> uh, next. <laughs> we are whipping through this one. I, I just... Uh, my mind's elsewhere loose. I know. Hmm. No, but people are listening to us to have a break from it. No, that's true. That's true. So we need to give them that. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Miss Mid City with some thoughts about what I've been hearing lately in the Archers. Um, 
I'm very disappointed with the referendum result, and I wait to hear how they're going to deal with that in the in the program. Uh, philosophically, my backs are already packed, and I'm ready to go through the exit. I'm just waiting for the rest of the country to catch up and see what the next two years brings. And those next couple of years are going to be interesting in the arches, I think, because the agricultural sector is massively impacted by EU regulation and legislation. And in the short term, I wonder what's going to happen about Oliver and Caroline's dream of buying property in Italy. If the pound fails to stabilise, they might find it's going to be a much more expensive option than they originally thought. They might find themselves stuck, stuck in Ambridge and not enjoying their little trips abroad. We'll see. Anyway, it's too late for all of this turmoil to affect Brian and Jennifer in their trip to Venice. But or at least the events the last week or so have reminded me about the time that I was a student in France during the exchange rate mechanism debacle and how the student grant that I had at the time for my local authority just turned to dust and ashes in my pocket. My money was utterly worthless. I don't know. Like, yeah, it was funny. It's funny in retrospect, rather. It wasn't funny at the time. I guess that's unlikely to happen to Brian and Jennifer in their little trip to Venice. So good luck to them. And the other thing I was thinking this week was that I get quite a different experience because I listen on a daily basis. I don't have time for the omnibus because I'm in church at that time. But um, So I don't get Pip's grating vocal inflections in one sitting, more's the pity. They're being inflicted on me most days. How will Brexit affect Ambridge? There you are. You can do that as you're keen to talk about the damn thing. No, I don't want to talk about Brexit, but, uh, you know, you kind of feel that you have to. Um, How will it affect Ambridge? I don't want to bore anybody with this, but... Don't then. All right. If I'm a betting man, but you asked me, if I'm a betting man, and and I'm I'm actually not, never put a bet on in my life, never been into a bookies... But if I was a betting man, I'd actually say the United Kingdom is not going to leave the European Union. It's still really? not. Yeah. Number one, that vote is not legally binding. Don't, morally, it's binding. And uh, however, the political class, i.e. Parliament, is overwhelmingly against it. There will be a new government. That new government, as soon as it starts to trigger Article 50 and puts a bill in front of this parliament, it will be voted down. That will then trigger a vote of no confidence in the government, and a general election will have to be called. MPs will have to uh, go back to their constituency and say, I am pro-leave, or, you know, I'm pro-remain. And I have to vote according to conscience. Exactly. Ah. And... The oh, parliament, indeed. the parliament that will get be voted in next, will be pro Remain. Ah. Then, because uh, because that election has been almost entirely would have been fought on whether we're in or out of Europe, that government, which will be some kind of government of national unity, will then tri- will then say we need to have a second referendum. That referendum then will pass that we will remain and we will remain in the European Union. However, our international standing has been massively diminished by this. You know, it's quite interesting, as I I kind of said before, the amount of Americans that I've I've spoken to in the last five days, four days, however 
however many it's been, that have said, but I thought you guys were a stable, mature and sensible democracy. And you have to say, well, yeah, we kind of thought so too. But there's Mm. massive arrogance, and Mm. and I'll include myself in, in this, with people like me who are metropolitan types, I am a metropolitan type, Forget the colour of my skin and whether I think that um, I'm English or an immigrant or whatever. I am a metropolitan type and I'm somewhat cocooned away from the lives of other people that live in smaller towns that have been blighted by globalisation. And instinctively and viscerally, we don't understand or people like me don't understand that they are more fearful and more worried about the present and their future. However, their worries are missed up i would say are absolutely misdirected onto people who are other and mm. some kind of diminished or reduced sense of identity or, or english or britishness i would say that those fears uh, which are economic are absolutely real and true and many towns uh, live in this post-industrial world yeah. where they don't have the economic security that they had 50, 60, 70 years ago. That's just fact, absolute fact. However, the solution isn't then to become um, inward looking and, and, and small, Yeah. you know. And what I cannot believe is that people who claim that they love Britain so blithely and happily want to see it dismembered and don't care about Scotland, don't care about Northern Ireland, don't care about bits of the country. But anyway, so getting back onto the question, it ain't going to happen, right? And I don't mind admitting, when I stayed up to watch that result, I nearly cried twice. Mm. Yeah. You know, I I did. My, My eyes welled up. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Common sense will prevail, I'm sure. You can't have access to the single market without paying for it. So anybody thinks that, right, we're going to pull out and it's all going to be peaches and cream, right? The very fact that there's graffiti going up on Polish Mm. centres, people of colour have been told to go back home. Yeah, Right, yeah, tells you everything that you need to know yeah. about this brave new future. I want no part of it, and and I'm sure the vast majority of British people don't any part of it. And I'm also sure, and I know this for a fact, and I'm not saying that everybody who voted Leave is some closet racist or some small minded bigot, but this has opened such a can of worms that I hope mm. people absolutely realize that we that we need to be sober and sensible. Mm. Anyway. So, do you think Pip and Josh are the new David and Kenton? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think he's... (laughs) Who said that was Admin Miss City? (laughs) Where are we? No, it was Andrew Horn. Uh, So we're on to Andrew Horn now. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Uh, two points that are related this week. Um, the first was actually a reflection triggered from the discussion between Royfield and Lucy about Josh and Pip. And it only occurred to me during that that the parallel with David and Kenton is actually quite strong. Uh, Pip has the whole grounding effect of the farm, uh, the David equivalent, and Josh is the chance with harebrained schemes dressed up as business plans, which is Kenton to a T 
uh, even these days. Uh, the main difference, I suppose, is the age swap between them. Uh, David was the younger brother and uh, Pip the grounded is the older, which you would expect. And I'm hoping that with uh, Josh's uh, relative age and immaturity, that he has time to grow up and redeem himself. But there's certainly going to be a long-term storyline between the two of them and the future of the farm. Mind you, Josh will never really grow up unless he's taught some proper lessons. And I know Cosmo has been active on the Twitter Twitters about this as well. Um, just replacing the birds is not an adequate compensation. Uh, Neil should have been push, pushing for profit on the missed capacity for the time that the birds aren't there and for the time that the new birds are bedding in or laying in or whatever they, they call it till they get up to their full uh, full output. So, Neil, you missed a trick. Uh, Josh still needs taking down a peg or two. That's it for me this week. Speak to you all again soon. Bye. Um, I think it's interesting the the dynamic between with, between the two, and I know we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, and the you know the Kane and Mabel uh, line. Um, they're making at least they're adding an extra layer to Pip that there is a dynamic between between the two of them, and you know Pip obviously this is new Pip, but it absolutely is new Pip in terms of characterisation. She's done a proper vault fast, hasn't she, in terms mm. of who 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 she was. Uh, as a character and obviously we are priming the next generation of uh, Brookfield archers and and it's good to see that dynamic in the way that we have the dynamic between we have the dynamic between uh, David and Kenton uh, Lizzie Shula et al uh, because there hadn't been any between uh, the three kids of Brookfield had there you know, so yeah. so it's it, it's nice that something is being developed whereby Josh is some, um, you know, kind of flight. Well, he's a youth. I don't want to say that he's yeah. an un, unethical dolt, but he's just, but he's a kid. He's seventeen, yeah. eighteen. Yeah. So he's, and he's gonna massively overreaching himself in yes. terms of what he can do, and he's just had his. He's just been knocked back, has it? Hasn't he? Which, which it, he richly deserved. Uh, absolutely. Um, and hopefully, he'll but, be a bit cautious next time. But, 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 I tell you what, right, Lucy. Um, what do we say that this thing is at the start of the show? What do it's we... a, a docudrama. Yeah, drama, drama. Yeah. So we have a drama, right, where the two most dramatic bits of the episode we weren't privy to. The Neil Bollockin and the dad David Bollockin of Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they... I know. If they keep doing this, don't they? I don't understand it. If they'd have cut out one of them, because the second one is going to be very much the same as the first, you'd yeah. have done fair enough. Yeah. You know, if but, jo- you know. but to cut out both. Now, yeah. I, want, I think we need somebody... Kerry, because I know you listen... Can you please send us a message, as, write us an email, as to the reason why, for the purposes of drama, those two dramatic points were not put within the show? Because I just, I'm, I'm, uh, makes no sense to me. I mean, I can kind of understand why they didn't do the Grundy party, because it would have required practically the entire cast to be there. Mm. But at the moment, it's like, it's like watching a TV programme and the phone in the old days when you didn't have your phone next to you, when your, your phone kept ringing and you keep going out to answer the phone, come back in and going, 
oh have i missed that then and you know you just think you just feel i just keep thinking i actually went back today Mm. and listened to one of the episodes again because i was thinking well i must have missed the bit where so and so happened and then realized oh no we never heard it we Mm. just heard about it afterwards whatever the reasons for it it wasn't to do with paying the actors because neil was in the next show Mm. Which means that, you know, when they record it's because they record them in blocks. He was yeah. fit. The actor that plays Neil was physically there. And obviously David was there because he said, Josh, get home right here and now. Yeah. So, yeah, the Grundy party is one thing where, you know, the BBC accountant say, well, no, we cannot afford, yeah. you know, we've gone over budget yeah. this month. So we cannot afford it. That, fair enough. But with this, I, 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 I don't understand it. And don't get no. me wrong. The, I tell you what, the actor who's playing Josh is actually extremely good. You know, the yes, sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realise, you know, the sigh when, you know, and he was trying to get away from uh, going back to, to speak to his dad. You know, oh, my man, I'm like, No, Josh, you go back. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Great young actor. However, it's a drama. Let's have some <laughs> drama. Yeah. You know, it's a, <laughs> you know, we don't... Yes, I said uh, we didn't need like to. You're peering over a garden wall at the moment. Yeah, but, but this is this is the best, you know, the best, the most realistic type of um, kind of verbal jousting and whatever. Mm. You know, we we don't need. Uh, you know, so we had the stabbing. So it's like we've had, you've had your drama for this yeah. year. Yeah. Now, now we'll just tell you about everything else. Yeah. That's you don't need to see it. It's still, oh, anyway. I, 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 I yeah. was upset. Surprised yeah, me no, how upset I was. I thought, right, Josh, you got this coming to you. And the thing is, Neil, when you wind Neil up, Neil can let yeah. you have it. Yeah. I bet he's one of those people that just talks on the in breath as well. So you <laughs> can't, there is no gap. <laughs> which so imagine Josh just standing there, shifting about from foot to foot while Neil droned on and on and on, and there was just no gap. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Kerry, please, uh, just just let us know. Because maybe there's a very good reason. Because, you know, when it's like uh, like Pulp Fiction or any kind of violent kind of film nowadays, actually, the, the violence takes place, for the most part, actually off screen, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it lets your imagination run yeah. wild, right? Yeah. So I appreciate there could be very good dramatic reasons for this, but I don't know. I just think the show is denuded by, by not having yeah. this massively. Yeah. Uh, we have another Kerry question next. Ooh, good. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Uh, Steve here. Uh, I rang in last week as a full first-time caller in a row. Just a little bit about myself. I live in pool. I do sort of IT-ish stuff for myself. I'm currently working at a large charity-based employer in pool. And I'm a bit confused, actually, because when the Root B decision came through, I think on the Sunday episode before that, Justin and Lillian were discussing the result and I'm sure but bear in mind alcohol had been taken I'm sure that Justin said that route B was the chosen one and that David and Ruth's gaff was going to be split asunder but now after some sort of surfing by Mike and uh, announcement in the press um, another route's there so is Justin right is the route B decision cast in stone i'm just a bit confused anyway have a lovely week and uh i'll see you later bye-bye 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 steve in pool i like pool i was i was just about to say i catch crabs on pool harbour but i won't <laughs> um <laughs> uh i am also 
very confused about this Root B thing. I remember Justin and Lillian having a chat to say that Root B was going to be chosen and that David and Ruth were going to be devastated. Mm. And then the next thing I know, they're all having a bloody party because it hasn't been. And uh, it's very confusing. I agree. It kind of felt like... So I'll tell you what Cosmo will know. Cosmo, wake mm. up. Um... We'll ask Cosmo to email in and explain that because he will remember. But it, was, it kind of, when these storylines get hurriedly finished, you know, and then I woke up and it was all a dream. Um, I kind of, get, it's like when you're packing your shopping in your shopping trolley and you start off doing it all neatly and putting all the fragile things together and all the fresh stuff together. And by the end of it, you're just chucking stuff in and there's, you know, ironing boards going in on top of the eggs and all that. So that's kind of what it feels like <laughs> to me. Yes, but I'm I'm also baffled. So if anyone can shine a light on it for me and Steve, that would be great. Thanking you. Good. All right. Um, we are rattling through these calls, aren't we? We are. Mm. Um, who who is next though on the call front, Lucy? With a spoon. Ooh. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world, representing our own international version of the European Union, Witherspoon and Angus Haggis, reporting from New York. Last time we called in, I noted what a difficult two weeks it had been, and it certainly hasn't gotten any easier. One thing to note, in the last 72 hours, American media have finally figured out that the events going on in the UK are pretty important to us as well. Before Friday's episode, I was wondering how the archers would handle it. I guess two contrasting scenes had been recorded and one was used. In light of the actual tsunami of reaction, David and Ruth's chat all felt rather mild. Something that somehow feels related, which has bothered me about the drama of the archers and which I've complained about before, is that the residents of Ambridge are so passive in tolerating the microaggressions and manipulations of others. Recently, such as by the man-child Toby, the woman-child Kate, the bumbling geriatric Joe, and the still-adolescent Josh. Of course, on a much, much larger scale, there are the nefarious actions of Rob and Ursula. But this week, there has been a lot of pushback, for which I am heartened to hear. Phoebe and Roy, Neil, Pip, and David, and Linda and Clary have put the aforementioned in their place. I hope these types of confrontations will continue, and most dramatically, we hear Pat putting it all together vis-a-vis Rob. She's not going to take his crap anymore. Regarding the Ambridge true crime story, it's no mere coincidence that Anna has landed in the village to take care of her mother. She will learn a lot while she stays. We're not surprised that Rob has turned Henry away from his grandparents. Now Pat should be writing every detail down and sharing it with Anna. A more hopeful sign is that Helen has obtained a fairy godmother. May Helen finally stop looking for a Prince Charming and find what she needs within herself. On that note, it's time to get ready for Sunday Pride activities. Talk to you next week from the state of Connecticut. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. The residents in Ambridge are pushing back. He says, yes, it, it, there is a bit of a, there's a reckoning, as they, as they say on Westerns. You're tweeting again or something, aren't you? You keep um, no. clicking. No. You're doing something. No, what I did do 
is I went from my notes on the arches of oh. last week to the script. I thought you were checking whether or not how many members of the Labour cabinet had resigned in the last <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> no. At the moment, it's faster to say who is left rather than who has gone. Um, just, just whilst we're on, on that uh, yes. point. And whilst I uh, might have been somewhat frustrated with the general lack of leadership displayed by one Jay Corbyn vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Remain uh, side of the referendum. I do believe, I do think that uh, a Mr uh, D Cameron is kind of getting away with it in terms of the fact that he didn't have to call this referendum. No, and I know. basically <laughs> he's excused the, excused the French everybody, right, has fucked the country. Yeah. Right. We're looking at the disentanglement of the United Kingdom however Mr Corbyn uh, seems to be taking a whole lot of heat in the in in the media in terms of his lack of judgment where David Cameron who's somebody who I actually thinks an actually an honorable bloke I might not agree with his politics one iota but he is a one nation Tory and those people are not the worst types of people at all we, there needs to be some serious editorials and uh, ruminating about the fact that this man has brought the United Kingdom to the brink of disunion. Doesn't matter, we can talk about falling share prices and, and the pound going down because that might bounce back. But Scotland spinning off, um, Northern Ireland potentially spinning off, uh, not going to recover from that anytime soon. No. And as I say, you know, David Cameron, I actually think he's actually a, a decent person. But to have all this heat on, uh, you know, Corbyn. the opposition and Corbyn, yeah. no, I know no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Let's look well, at... Well, people keep saying, well, we had to decide, didn't we? And you think, no, <laughs> we didn't actually. <laughs> or at least we didn't need to decide right now. No. You know, this has been uh, bubbling along uh, since at least the early 1980s in terms of the, the Tory party and uh, an, an, an infighting over this. We did need to do this right now. We didn't. Mm. <sighs> anyway, I can't remember how we got to do it. Oh, that's right. We're trying to see how many people have resigned since we last looked. Um, the residents of Ambridge are pushing back. There was a lot of... A re yeah, there was a reckoning, wasn't mm. there? There was Josh getting bollocked, although we didn't hear it. Um, there was who else has somebody else has, has sort of been. Um, uh, oh God, Roy, help me out! I can't have gone blank. I can't think who the other person was. David, having a go, Josh. No, someone else got. Oh, uh, Toby Kate? as well. Oh and, yeah, uh, David had a go at Toby. Yes, he did. Um, Pip had a go at Toby. Toby, but that Phoebe was the week before, go... though, wasn't it? She yeah. just kind of rolled Phoebe... the rise this week. Yeah, but it's only kind of in the last fortnight. Phoebe had a yeah. go at, at Kate and said just no. Roy, Roy had, a had a go at Kate. Kate. Yeah, it's like all the people that all the all the immature sods suddenly got their sort of comeuppance uh, in varying degrees of them. Um, well, it depends whether or not they had any 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 um, empathy at all, because Kate just doesn't care, does she? It's just water off the duck's back. She goes, "Oh yes, I'm sorry, Roy. Roy, can you fix my dishwasher?" And Roy, sort out did. my catering, and, and then he did the and silly did. Mm. When she gave him a kiss, I thought, "Oh no!" Not even Roy would be that daft, would he? Well, no, he's a bloke. 
trust me, us men can be very yeah. silly. And yeah. um, Kate is somewhat easy on the eye. You, you can tell over the radio. Eat out of tents, Roy. No, <laughs> tents. Zip up. Well, you ought to be telling Kate to zip up her flaps, but anyway. Um, yes, so lots of pushing back. Let us hope that uh, Rob is next. Um, I tell you, um, talking about, well, it's not really pushing back at all, um, but what's the point of Carol to Goran? Uh, the point of Carol to Boggan is that she has a daughter who represents domestic violence cases. Mm. But she rode into Ambridge on a white horse and she was just like an amazing character for a bit, wasn't she? You know, she yeah. got us all excited. She was this older woman who yeah. was going to be a central part of village life and then she just disappeared for a year. Yeah. yeah. I What I did think was absolutely lovely was to her little bit of... Um, interplay with Jill. Yes, I like that as well. Yeah. Very, uh, very realistic. Very realistic. She said, you know, you'd think that your own family's problems would keep you busy. Are your own family's problems not keeping you busy enough? And I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just well written, yeah. played true to life. And also the fact that she was peeved, narked, and then went, you know what, I'm sorry. You yeah. know, you know, and that was just great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Let's have more of that, please. Yes. That was a little, it, was just, it was a little bit of drama, that was. And it, it <laughs> and we heard it. We were allowed in. <laughs> and, and also, she's just such a good actress as well. Mm. She's just very, very natural. You know, you really sort of, yeah. you've got a sense of her real and thinking, I know I'm being silly about this, but for God's sake. But honestly, the way Anna was going on about, well, you'll have another fall. Another fall. She's been living, she's, you know, digging up her sodding garden for the last year. She's absolutely well, fine. And now Bert's she's been digging it up. Well, really. she's been out there doing stuff. She, and she, it's not like, you know, her dodgy hip gave out. She fell over a sodding great, you know, stone, <laughs> which anybody could have done. <laughs> Bloody hell. But, you know, Anna's kind of talking to her saying, you were right. Would you like you your Jill. cardigan on? No, Anna, her daughter Anna is. Talking oh, gosh, to yes, of course. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, in that real kind of... Mm. nice isn't it you like that yes tea mm. you know do you think oh for god's sake talk to her like that anyway mm. uh we have lots of emails shall we do those yes okay then um are we first of all we need to do the elderflower price retail index i mean retail price index sorry mm. um is that falling as fast as the pound uh, no i think possibly elderflower cordial could be our new currency <laughs> um, we'll about- and just skips to, we'll abandon the um, sterling and is just it go a straight safe haven back. a bit like gold and silver when yes. there's a, an, a, a, an economic crisis yeah. people buy just elderflower buy cordial. elderflower cordial yeah. futures yeah great um so we currently have 500 mil for two pounds 50 that's from blakeney in norfolk sold in old plastic bottles via an honesty box on the curbside all a bit <laughs> all a bit grumpy tastes excellent no noticeable impact on health that was from the late Peter Harding, <laughs> who has since passed away. No, he hasn't. Um, right. What else have we got? We had some more. Oh, yes. Uh, Vicky Cole uh, said oh, on the I Isle of Wight. Can I just say I love Vicky Cole? I know. I think everyone knows. Um, on the Isle of Wight, I yeah, found so some... Mr. Cole doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming round here and boxing the ears for me. <laughs> on the Isle of Wight... 
Uh, Vicky Cole found some for £3.31 for a 500ml bottle. Didn't buy it, though. Bought wine instead. Love from Vicky. So thank you very much, Vicky. Um, and lots of other people said, why is anybody buying it? Just pick it from the hedges and make it. Yes, which is which is very British Blitz spirit. We'll all be digging <laughs> for victory shortly. And building air raid well, shelters in our garden and having you, half a egg a week. Well, I'll tell you what, right? If you come at a trade trade uh, trade groupings and you become smaller and erect your trade barrier around your national border, oh, it's somewhat reminiscent of the 1930s. Where did that all lead us, folks? Exactly. Just saying. Just yep. saying. Yep. And scrolling graffiti on minority groups' buildings. Yes. Mm. Anyway. <clears throat> Pam, expat Scott living near Yokelshire, she says. I predict difficult times ahead for Justin and Damara Capital. Lillian will discover the problem when her credit card... Can I just... Can I, whoa, 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 whoa. And I don't want to belabor this point. Ex-Pat Scott. Hmm. Maybe in about five years' time, she'll be an immigrant. Yes. Just saying. She might be scrawled on. Can I carry on now? Yeah, go on. Lillian will discover the problem when her credit card is refused at the checkout in a Swiss boutique in Cheltenham and Justin misses a rent payment. Justin will be working in London till Damara implodes and Miranda leaves him. He will come back to Ambridge and live with Lillian in a caravan looking after chickens. Bar, she says. Well, I cannot see Lillian in a caravan. Full stop. Never mind the chickens or Justin. <laughs> just no. She would quite, she would, no. She'd just die. Uh... Anna Lisa Cosma says, I'd like to hear Lucy sing Temptation. You really, really wouldn't, Anna Lisa. But anyway, I think you probably have. Um, oh, no, you're going to later. Uh, I am flaked out on the sofa after a day producing a national radio show for Canadian broadcasting on Brexit. Your Dumpty Dum podcast was just the cordial. Then she puts in brackets, how do you spell cordial? It looks like cordial. <laughs> I needed. I am proving that I heard every gloriously nutty last word. Nice SFX and mixing to boot. There you go, Royf. Thank then she said, does anyone say that anymore? It should be to welly boot. Anyway, I loved it all. Love Annalisa in Port Perry, Ontario, deep in dairy country, near where Tom came when he ran away after the non-wedding. Now, Lillian McCarthy, another plot prediction, says... My prediction is that Helen and Kaz will grow closer and that they will eventually become a couple with Kaz moving to Ambridge with her kids and working alongside Helen in the shop dairy. They will move into Blossom Hill Cottage and nobody will openly disapprove as they'll all just be glad to see Helen happy again. That would kill Peggy. Peggy would die. So it's worth doing. Mm. I don't know. I don't know whether... It's kind of a bit cliched, isn't it, to go down the old female prison lesbian route despite me making jokes about you know big Lynette but um, <laughs> but it, it, she does she's getting her groove back isn't she Helen she's got her hair cut and she's she kind is. of sounds a bit more perky and she's mm. not so terrified of things yeah. um, she just needs to bloody say he raped me and he threatened Henry and da 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 but I think she's actually forgotten that bit where he went for Henry, I think she's sort of frozen. Her br her brain's frozen around the actual stabbing, so she can't actually mm. remember properly what happened. But I think when she sees him, he will say something 
and she will suddenly it will open the floodgates and she'll just go because she'll suddenly think you know i i don't i'm safe from him now and i I can't let him carry on telling lies Mm. yes well i think helen being happy again is what we all want however it happens with or without kaz and amy gilbert poor amy for those that don't know uh amy gilbert is one of our long-term listeners and is blind and she says i got back from a weekend in london i'm tired because i'd had a decent amount of sleep i'd had an amount of broken sleep i settled down to listen to sunday nights the archers and all of a sudden i hear a buzzing noise extremely close to my ear i'd like to note here i have a massive phobia of anything that buzzes to the point i can't actually be in the same room as one do you know i hadn't thought about how blind people deal with things like wasps and bees and everything anyway at this point, I make a beeline haha, towards the bathroom, then decide I need to get a grip and tackle this thing head on. So I spend the next five minutes or so wandering around trying to get the little bugger out of my room. Eventually, I can't hear anything. So I assume it's left, get back to the archers and I hear the same thing again. It's then I realise that it's coming from my headphones. Whoever makes sound effects, I wish you wouldn't make your bees and wasps sound so bloody realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for realism in the archers, but come on, Amy. Yes, that's awful. I <laughs> So you can imagine we wasp around. Yes, I can't really imagine how horrible that must have been, Amy. Uh, but we will uh, speak to the sound effect people. Maybe we could speak to Derek, who sometimes does sound effect things for the archers. And we'll say, can you do a really, really crap wasp so that Amy can tell the difference and not spend her evening trundling around her room, <laughs> attempting to find an invisible wasp? Hmm. Mm. Uh, and that's the end of the emails. You know what? what i'm i'm deep in thought right mm-hmm. and i think there's some kind of cosmic forces at play because that temptation song by heaven 17 right mm-hmm. the lyrics of the first verse right could literally be some ode to britain vis-a-vis brexit really yeah i was too busy shouting it uh, around to pay any attention i've never been closer I've tried to understand that certain feeling carved by another's hand, but it's too late to hesitate. We can't keep on living like this. Leave no track. Don't oh, look God. back. <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Just saying. Anyway, uh, on that note, let's take an advertisement break. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then. Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day, everyone. It's been a very busy week, both on our forum and on our Facebook page, as usual. If you'd like to scoot over to dumptydum.com forward slash forums, you can become involved in talking about the Sterling Inheritance, which uh, was a thread started by Carl Jonas Johansson. You could talk about remote control chicken house doors, if that's your fancy. That's started by Paul Robinson. You could talk about the Enbridge video. Carmina Burana started that. Or you could talk about the question of friendship, which was started by Audrey Ann Covarubias. Or you could start your own thread if there's something of interest that's not already up on the forum. If you have been involved in our Facebook page, you will know that we started to get a little bit worried about Joe and not so much worried about Helen. That started off quite a thread. With a spoon, um, Makosh Wilson said, Re Joe, I hope a big I told you so won't be coming your way, but I fear it is. Re Helen, bite your tongue. One can never feel relaxed in that storyline. And I had to agree and said, no, I just need a bit of downtime because I'm girding my loins because it will inevitably go pear-shaped. Rachel Hannah said she was also worried about Ed. You know when Eddie says nothing much can go wrong, you know the Grundies are in for a rough ride. Good point well made, Rachel. Uh, Karen Cunningham said it's being so cheerful that keeps us all going. Joe is heading for the light any day now, I'm sure. I'm relaxing back into the arches of old, pre-Stabby Gate, and it feels good. Alice and Kate both made an appearance last week, and it's lovely. Yep, so I think we all agree with you there, Karen. Emily said, surely we'd know if Joe was about to snuff it. She said, hoping. Sarah Squire says, Joe is really annoying me. Helen seems to be getting there. I'm sorry that Joe is annoying you. I must admit, I'm very, very fond of Joe. So uh, I hope he keeps going and going. But, I mean, he is an actor who may wish to retire. Uh, Tessa said, I hadn't noticed the signs about Joe's health until Dumpty Dum pointed them out. And now I can't stop worrying about him. How old is he now? Do we know? 
The poor old darling should be taking it easy, not running around supporting Eddie's harebrained nonsense in fancy dress. Hmm, I think it's a... They're both involved in this nonsense. I don't think it's uh, just Eddie. And Pete Branson said, It's hardly Game of Thrones, worried, but worried I am. I heart Joe. He's a lovable, cantankerous old ass. I particularly warmed him a few years back when he had that lady friend who he clearly fell for. But he does seem to have fallen into that waiting for God-O stupor of late. I wonder if it's more the script monkeys manufacturing tension. It is their job after all. And as for Helen, now she's got her working class cellmate covering her. She's definitely on the mend. I think the tension from all the build-up to tuna bait gate has finally evaporated. And what we're left with is orange is the new black lie. So long as they don't introduce a B cell clock, cell block H style bully into the mix, I doubt Helen's newly restored sanity will cope. So there's a lot more on that thread. Please get involved. We also talked about the bedroom numbers. I keep getting confused about the number of bedrooms in these cottages. So I wondered whether uh, Roy was sleeping, um, were, were there enough bedrooms at Roy's or was Phoebe sleeping on the stovetop? But I'm told there are three rooms. Uh, Rachel Louise pointed that out. And because, as they pointed out, Abby and Phoebe didn't share. I, I don't know why, but I thought they did. Janice Pope says, I'm sure I remember Krusty saying she would stay in the spare room, presumably Phoebe's old room, which is a bit weird, uh, and a few other people giving other suggestions. Uh, it's great if you get involved. We don't want to... Um, we want to have uh, Dumpty Dum active during the week, so please get involved in Facebook or uh, on the forum. But uh, I'm happy to hear you however you like. And... Uh, it looks as though things have settled down. I've just listened to Friday's episode and uh, Helen almost sounded back to her old self. So, you know, fingers crossed, everybody. I have to go now because I have to get on a plane to go to Canberra, uh, which is interesting. I'm going on a legal t- teacher's uh, study tour uh, as we're on our break. And, of course, we can't go to Parliament because we're about to vote. And I hope we make a better decision than some other countries have recently. That's all I'm saying about that. So until next week, hooroo. <laughs> Thank you, Millie Bell. She sent that in early this week because she's off to Canberra. Ah, mm. have a lovely time, Millie Bell, and thank you. Mm. Oh, and we say happy birthday to Sandbridges. Please, thank you. Happy birthday, Sandbridges. Happy birthday, Harriet. So where are you going for your uh, luncheon with her? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't think we booked anything. We might go to Hicks, actually. That's lovely. That's oh, Hicks is, is very nice. It's yes. very nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I've been, I've been there three times the last week, though. So. <laughs> You've been I've taken been... out by clients. Uh, no, by lovely friends and things. Oh. So mm. wait a minute. When like the second friend says, "I'll take you out to Hicks," you go, "Oh, I've only been there this week." No, because that would be rude. I go, "Lovely, thank you." Oh. But then, no, they know I like it. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much. Please. Uh, Bob Hawkins. Said, to be fair to Henry, nobody's pleased to see you, Tony. <laughs> uh, yes, Henry was on fine form in that scene, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't like you, Grandma. I don't like your food. It's horrible. Um, uh, Ian, Ruth or Ian. So, oh, this is a bit unpleasant. Had uh, Pip saying, oh, Dad, I'm not being in any more amateur videos. <laughs> 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 Ian behave um hinge zandel said about brexit if we get to hear jill being surprised by the result tonight it will almost have been worthwhile (laughs) (laughs) thankfully we were so so we were saved that weren't we Mm. 
we're out. <laughs> um, Lonnie Bahar, who we also know as Witherspoon, said... I'd lay off the pretend booze, Pip Archer. That was not a very convincing state of pretend intoxication. It really wasn't. Ambridge parties are just shocking. <laughs> it's like the people that do the sound effects mm. for them have never, ever been to a party before, ever. I think our, our script writers need to be somewhat careful of the whole uh, frustration that is Rex uh, vis-a-vis Pip because... Um, right here and now the two characters are not that beloved so would you know you get exasperated yeah no you don't really feel sympathy you just feel irritation no you don't no you don't Uh. no you don't and you and it just plays up to every kind of feeling that we have that pip in and of herself is this weird uh slightly weird character and you know who has no real friends, emotional core, etc. Mm. Because you know Alice has very clearly said, you know, he's just really up for you. Right? Yeah, and you would think that would cause some real moment. Of... Well, then she's she's either got to back away from him, or you know, or give it a go. But she but can't no, just no. keep draping also... herself over him and telling him that. Oh, she really fancies somebody friend. else. Yeah. Yeah, you know. it's just horrible. You wouldn't mm. do that. But in, in, not, in, not, if you were, not unless you're a cow, you wouldn't anyway. Well, she, she's not a cow, but she's no. just, it's just I just think, somewhat slightly unconvincingly written. Yeah. 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 Um, can we do Tweet of the Week? It's Pajama Llama, Ooh. who said, I much prefer this exit storyline to the less credible <laughs> Brexit one. Oh. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> right. Uh, let's try and wrap this up. I think we've we've done very well, all things considered. I really do. To uh, brave face on things, we've struggled through, and we've got there in the end. Thank you, Her Madge. Um, I've done not one, but two uh, Brexit shows in the last. 18 hours so if people want to hear me blather on um, there is one on Agora so Agora Podcast Network uh, where I speak to a couple of eminent historians about why this has happened and the ramifications for this and and then uh, Mid-Atlantic has ridden again and there is a show where we talk about about um, similar themes so um, I've held back manfully on this and I'm sorry if you were a leave person and I'm sure you're a decent person you just thought you know what uh, the vote the vote the referendum has been lost get kind of get over it I just want to listen to the archers um, I really have bit my tongue but it just means so much to me you know what I'm, I'm, I am a proud Brit a proud English person and I just think it's the wrong move dumdydum.com go there got a shop got a forum uh, you can talk about stuff and uh, buy stuff and um, it needs your love because we're all one massive community of loveliness um, right now there are a couple of ways in which you can help keep our Archers fan podcast show on the road right first off you can go on to dumdydum.com and hit that donate button or you can go to patreon.com search for Dumpty Dum and you can donate two dollars a show which is about one pound thirty uh-huh. but we'd actually uh- prefer to be yes it was about one pound thirty it's probably <laughs> worth about top and satany now so we'd actually rather have it in elderflower cordial if you wouldn't mind <laughs> just bottle them up and send them over and forget about donating mm. 
Um, we, uh, we do mention this from time to time, and I think I mentioned it last week, I can't remember, but please go on to iTunes. If you haven't written a, a review on iTunes, please do that. It's incredibly important because it means that other people get to hear about the show. Uh, so go on to iTunes, write a review, whack us five stars, write something lovely, or write something shitty. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I prefer <laughs> something quite I nice. I don't write anything shitty. Well, no. Well, okay. If you have some kind you of objection, it, like, and it de- is depressing. <laughs> well, if you have something, um, you, know, you know, critical to say, you know, say it, but say it in um, in, in a mature way, and that'll be fine as long as you still give us five stars anyway. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> remember to get in contact with us. <laughs> you can send us a voicemail via SpeakPipe, which you can do so by going on to dumdydum.com because then it's just free from your computer or from your phone or from your tablet. Or if you can't get any of those to work, you can give us a call by dialing 02030313105 to leave us a message. This show only survives and thrives by having listeners sending their calls. On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we're at Dumb Dum Me. I'm at Roy Field. Sarah Smith, who is at Sarah underscore Smith. Me at Lucy V. Freeman and Harriet at Shambridges. Mm. I suppose at this point, um, we should now uh, play some people singing Nine to Five and then you sing in uh, Temptation. Oh, God. Mm. But I feel that I should sing too. <laughs> Go on then. What are you going to sing? Land of Hope and Glory? No. What then? Is, can I, uh, I... Well, I was going to sing Temptation. Go on then. Well, I'm shy now. Well, you suggested it. No I've one's never the been closer. I've tried to understand That certain feeling Carved by another's hand No <laughs> but it's too late to hesitate. We can't keep on living like this. Duh, duh, duh. Leave no track. Don't look back. That's all I'm going to get from me. Okay, very good. Thank you. Yeah. Do you, do you do karaoke? Never. Oh, no, I've done it once in my life. Did you like it? Uh, No. no. Okay. I tell uh, you what's not easy. What? Guns and Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. It goes Ooh. on for sodding days. Prove it. You kidding Go on, give us a verse. Give us a a verse. Come on, I just sang Temptation, which is supposed to be you singing it, which we've got to come anyway. Which I did sing Which did sound like Pinky and Perky. And anyway, you had an accompaniment. That wasn't you on your own. That was ten of us singing. Yeah. And And why did it sound a bit like Pinky and Perky? I don't know. The lady that recorded it is a Radio 4 producer, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, she needs to lose her job. (laughs) She was, at the time, wearing a neon pink afro wig, dancing around and holding the phone above her head. So that could be why it didn't work mm. very well. Yes. Guns and roses, please. Because we need to yeah. wrap this podcast I even, up. I can't even remember how it goes. In the I'll first tell you what place. you do. You type into Google Guns and Roses lyrics, as I did for Heaven 17. They come up and you start singing. No, I'm not singing Guns and Roses. No. You have got me singing whatever it was, Temptation. That's it. That's your lot. Mm. It's my birthday, so... And you'll cry if you want to. I will. Right. I should take my football and go home. <laughs> mm. You sound like a proper Brexiteer. I know, that's what I was thinking. It's probably a, yes, but I still want to keep the football. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play 
with you with the football, but yes. I would like the football. Go away, Johnny Foreigner. Yeah. I'm a little Englander. Mm. Anyway, right, um, that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. And uh, and at this point, uh, let's have Mary Not Contrary and followed by Juicy Lucy Birthday Freeman. <laughs> Stumble out of bed and stumble to the cowshed Pour myself a cup of camp coffee Yawn and stretch and try to come to life Hook up the cows and the milk starts pumping Out in the fields the lambs are jumping And folks like me on the farm from nine to five Birthday, Lucy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey, 